All right, well, Renu, thank you for joining me. Your story is very inspirational. And uh, I'm glad that you took the time out of your busy day to come by. We definitely have a lot to talk about. Um, so again, thank you for, for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Uh, so in your own words, can you introduce yourself and, and also what you do business-wise? Yeah. Hi, I'm Renu Sethi. I'm a basically a spiritual teacher. I'm a Heal Your Life certified teacher and well-being coach and meditation instructor and perfect health teacher also. And beside that, I take, I'm in real estate. I do Airbnb and rentals. I look after the, all my rentals. Yes. And I just, I just found out that you did Airbnb, you were an investor. And I just thought that was really cool because uh, I don't, first of all, meet a lot of people that are in the investing world as far as real estate goes and then on top of that I definitely don't meet a lot of women that are in the investing world and um, owning properties and doing Airbnbs I'm sure they're out there I just haven't met, met a lot of them so I think that was really cool um, so let's start from the beginning um, how was it growing up for you in India oh it was very nice I was in Actually, middle-class family. My father, he was in army, uh, very disciplined, and he was very, you know, strong person. But he, after the when he got retirement, he went to Kuwait for his job, private job. Kuwait. Kuwait, yeah. So, but my mother, she look after all five kids. We are like five siblings. One brother, he's no more, but we are four of us now. But before that, like five, she was very strong lady i really inspired by her i think whatever i got until i'm here today because of her because i saw her so she was such a strong lady she grew up like five kids and our education and taking protective and all these kinds of things that's good that's good and and growing up did your parents or family in general have hopes of going to the states or that just wasn't a thing? Is it something that just happened? Obviously, once you become an, became an adult, or was were those seeds kind of planted in your head as a kid with your parents? Actually, my father, he was always fascinated about the foreign countries. That's why he worked in the Kuwait, and he was in the army, and he was very, you know, British kind of personality. You know, everything has to be proper, good. Yeah. Like, everything was like that. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, so that thing was, so my elder sister, she got married in US. When okay. I, we have 15 years gap. She's the first wow. one, the youngest one. And we have 15 years gap. She's like my mom now. So, so she got married in 1969. I was only five years old. I born in like 1964. I, I even don't remember her wedding. So she wow. got married. So this is how like we got one base in US. My father visited. I never been to US. I first came here in 1986 for my with my husband in December after my marriage. We came here just for two months. Then after that, I forget about it. Then my husband, my husband, he applied for a green card. I never knew what green card is, what immigration mm. is. I so you know, my husband he used to go to the embassy and see all those things. What's going on? What number is coming? It took us 14 years to get the green card. I was very cool. 
अच्छा I got a visa, so I'm just going to travel US. So I was very excited with all my three kids, my husband. We were here for like more than two months, maybe three months. So you know, we went all over, from Niagara Falls in Canada, from like uh, New York, then Washington DC, then all California. So we went everywhere, all Universal Studio. What do you talk about? Any, we saw everything. Wow. <laughs> so you know, uh, so when we went back after that trip, then after few months, my husband said, "Now it's again you have to go." I said, "Why I need to go? <laughs> Now it's you have to take the stamps. It's every eight months." I said, "I'm not ready for it." I'm not going to go because my kids are studying in good school and we are having good business. Why should I go? Actually, we got in our immigration in two thousand one April, so I took three times. You know that re-entry system here, like two years you can escape. So I took took three times. But my daughter, she elder daughter, she passed her twelve. Then I, she came here in the college in UCSD. I see. I see. So my sister, she was living here. in san diego only so we got that's how we got our base in san diego because my daughter got admission here and my sister she was already there got it got it that makes sense that makes sense so so going back to your childhood as you were growing up with your family you had you know you had a pretty big family uh you said five five siblings total and then your parents uh at that point did you have an idea at least when you were younger of what you wanted to to do when you got older yes you know when i was in college so my 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 parents they apply for my brother green card my brother he's older than me only 2 years but i was very good in studies he was not so i told my mom why don't you send me instead of him right no, you're not going to get married you are not going there oh, wow well i'm not going to send you so okay she suppressed me wow so so you said you're at that time your mother's way of thinking was you're boys, you're going to you're going to stay can, here why they can do this boys can do this and girls has to be submissive take care of the house just work for the house like these kinds of things so sure. i was always aggressive i was very good in swimming very good athlete so i was in so many things but i got suppressed by mother in every ways because she got scared if i she said you're too intelligent you are going to do so many things i i it is going to be very hard time to find boy like this mm. because in our society we won't find boy like this because you are too aggressive she suppressed me then in india you have to obey whatever your parents sure i was so that go out after 7 pm she was very strict on me so it's okay i have no regrets for that because she did what she best she can do with me so i'm okay. sure so that's that's very interesting because obviously indian culture now and it even probably more back then is very different from the culture here in america and so for me it's very fascinating to to be in your shoes growing up in a world where men are looked at as as everything and women are valued as much as men are so for you how was how how did it feel like for you growing up in a world where it just feels like men get everything and women are relegated to a corner somewhere where their value is is actually devalued actually we grew up with this all these you know old beliefs 
so it tuned our brain it tuned in our mind like father is everything brother is everything this 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 so i never felt it any pain in me because it was normal because you know it's it's in our culture everybody is like that right so it was and when we are growing up we are tuned like that that's why they get us married at early age so we can adjust in the families because mm-hmm. we we our brain don't get mature my mother was really worried when i was only 19 she started looking for the boy i got married i was only 21 actually i was not ready she said but you have to i said then it's okay but my husband was good he was caring nice person at that time uh, so so i'm curious what what you think about this so looking back now it's not um, good knowing what you know as a obviously independent business accomplished woman Yes. um how do you feel about that type of way of growing up for 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 women that are still in that situation now yes you know my story changed after my marriage totally changed my in-laws they were quite educated my father-in-law was bsc and my mother-in-law also was little bit educated so they saw my potential my father-in-law particularly he saw some potential in me he encouraged me to do mba at that time so i did one year so he's asked me what did you study i said i studied economics in my college time so he said it's a very good subject so he taught me business my father in law he's like mentor he's like my mentor now so he he encouraged me to go to the office he encouraged me to take care of the business mm-hmm. he saw potential he saw my son he's weak somewhere but you can cover him Right. One, one deep thing is there i said you are making i'm doing going to the business i'm doing everything but there was no authority do you get it what authority means all directors son ceo father in law i was going to the office and coming working everything but no signing authority nothing hmm. so i i told him once i said i have no authority because I knew the business I know everything so at least I give me something so I asked money then he start giving money from my husband account I said I don't need money from my husband account I can take by myself then he saw she knows everything so then they gave me little bit cash sometime sometime like just to because I was working so hard I worked like 10 12 years there in my business more than that more than that my kids were small i really devoted i really devoted i was in the collection part in accounts i was handling the people so it went off so then i i said they are using then one stage i felt that everybody is using me i'm not getting any benefit out of it so what where i am i was nowhere because when i have to say anything my husband has to it's okay if they sign i can they can authorize me for the co-signing right it's not the alone but at least there should be some power for me right legal power legal card do you get it like i am something something in the company there's some absolutely legal. absolutely like that i'm just working and i was happily working even that never yeah. triggered me in 1999 there was one woman came to our office from the bank and she asked me few questions how you're taking care of your kids what you're doing what you're getting what pay scale you're getting what you're in the this 
then we got our own small factory there were only 10 15 people were uh, working it was very neglected place my husband made make me director over there just for name's sake like she's a director of the company so she'll be satisfied i and i never went to that factory now i'm going because it's at <laughs> loss <laughs> it's under loss we have to sell everything my husband need more money to put in and he has to come out of it so he needs help so he's just looking at me to if she can help and they lost everything my my brother in law my husband they lost everything whatever their father made empire big empire i have a like they are not a good you know succession you have to think about the succession to whom you are giving your succession so this is typical indian family indian business family so i can't help it so whatever is happen happen so i'm okay with that because in core my heart i did my best i helped them to grow their business i helped them in their family everything i did best whatever i can but it's okay for me i'm okay but where i am i'm happy about it no sure. because my sure. were very nice he taught me basically you know you need teachings you don't need money if you have a skills you can survive that's what my i got my from my father in law he gave me skills to survive so i'm so happy i'm so feel blessful like he gave me those skills to survive that's it absolutely no that's great and then what would you say to and first of all thank you for sharing that what would you say to a lot of young women or men that are in india right now or any other parts of the world that are in cultures that um are are already set in a way where you grow up this is how things are you get married you do this you do this there's no way they feel like you don't have any options obviously growing up you were always independent and you knew that the society you were growing up in could possibly hold you back and luckily things worked out you got married into a a family where you know your husband like you said was kind his parents were educated so it it worked out but there are a lot of people in that same situation who don't get married to maybe a good man um who don't have uh in-laws that are educated so what advice would you give to someone in that situation like i said earlier either in india or somewhere else in the world that hears your story and says that's me that's who i am that's that's my current situation right now what advice would you give to kind of help them keep going and stay strong i only say one line take your own responsibility everything comes under that shell you know you have to take your own responsibility don't depend on anybody although they give you uh, like whatever like home house money everything they protect you everything but still take your own responsibility that's the best thing in your life if you it's not about like independence or like anything it's a different feeling your own satisfaction get good education education it's you don't need that much money for education if you have you have to get become skillful see i am not a it professional i am not other things but i was very that was my nick my brain my i was good business woman in accounts in all these talking to people like i was very good at it's by nature maybe maybe confidence i don't know because i was in the school i was head girl i was always because of my maybe my athletics they became my leadership qualities they built up my leadership quality i was in ncc i was in guiding 
I was always up, up like ahead. So it was like by nature, I was like I was very good runner, fast runner. So you know maybe those things helped me in my life. So I said whatever skills you have, just appreciate your own skills. Maybe I got that leadership quality from there. Maybe other people they have different kind of skills. Maybe they are good in some. Maybe in cooking, you can become a good chef too. It's not about like you're going going out of the house. In house also, just always appreciate whatever you have inside. What your gut says. But your inner voice says, just listen to that and go for it. Just take your own responsibility. That's great advice. That's <laughs> that's really good advice. That's yeah. good advice. That's good advice. Uh, so moving on. Uh, let's jump into your college when you were in college. So you were mentioning earlier that once you got married, you were working uh, with your husband's father or for him, correct? No, okay. after after I got married. Uh, right after you got married, right. So were you in college at this time, or just already were you already no, done no, with college? I, I did my under like here you say undergrad, there we say bachelor's of arts. I did like in okay. I did. So three years college, we do finish in three years. Here you finish like first four years, we finish here three years. Okay. Then after that, I got married after my degree. Understood, understood. Okay. Okay. So when you're working for your husband's father, you know, this is happening. You're, you're contributing a lot to the company. You're doing a lot. They even see your value, but you feel like you don't have any power yourself. What is going through your mind at this point? Are you thinking... I can't work here forever. I need to leave and do my own thing. But what were you thinking around this time? I never had this type of feeling because, you know, man ego is a very big ego. They never listened to me. So, you know, my father made so much profit. I can't tell you how much money he earned. It's okay. It's all gone. So I, can't... <laughs> <laughs> I got financial advisor. You know, I met so many good people in my life. There was one guy, Gautam, and there was one more guy. I forgot his name. They came to my office. They start helping me to investing money. So whatever in my account, I I never took money from the business because I was not authorized, right? So how I can take? My husband was controlling. My father-in-law was controlling. So it was only me. Whatever I have in my account, I just manipulating. I just investing those money with that guy, Gautam. He helped me to do things, to buy insurances, to buy whatever he helped me. So he said, it's not easy to educate your kids. It's not easy to marry your kid. You need extra money. Businessman, they, they won't give you money at that time. And that would happen. Yeah. From business, my husband could not give me money. My son was sick here. So I got all money from my own. I never got help. So whatever it happened, it's okay. So, you know, these things you... Can you repeat the question again? I just um, changed the part. No, no, sure. Yeah, uh, my my question to you was just, what was your mind state when all this was happening? Were you, were you feeling, I'm assuming you were feeling frustrated. Were you planning to hopefully create your own business? Were you already thinking about coming to America? Like, I was just, I'm just curious what your mind state was when all this was happening. We were working, but weren't feeling valued for the family. America was never in my mind, tell you the truth, at that time. But only was that ki I was, huh, at that time also I was encouraged my husband to make, buy properties, buy this, buy this. I always encourage him to do that. But he never listened to me. In Indian, mm. the men never, never listened to their wives. We are mm. like side road, side road. 
wow <laughs> they never listened to us so now he realized i would have listened to you still we got the business i said it's everything is gone don't even talk about it let's proceed let's move forward now whatever mm. let's move forward so you know they never listened to you that's a wow. very i don't feel happy about it that's a very frustrating point sometimes you feel you don't need in the family you're just mm. because you nobody listen to you nobody feel what you are who you are they just use you so that at that moment sometime i feel you don't need you don't require to be like sit in this family when you no one no one needs you sure sure no no like no emotional no moral no support there so how you can do things still i did i always attach with my in-laws always because they they even emotionally they helped me my parents they died i was very young when i lost my parents and my in-laws they always you know gave me love they understood hmm. they understood what who what i wanted but legally never they helped me <laughs> right 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 and <laughs> and my, so that's typically so, in mind <laughs> yeah yeah and so that's interesting because you obviously grew up in an environment that's a lot different from the environment that your daughters grew up in so how did that kind of affect you as a mother uh raising daughters or at least trying to raise stand up independent daughters um and kind of which is kind of the opposite of the way or the environment that you I, were raised in i'm very very liberal with my daughters whatever they i always tell them become a grade just focus on your career don't see right and left just focus on yourself even my elder daughter my younger daughter i always tell them i always give them this advice and i'm very liberal i never pressurize them i never force them to choose anything i wanted my elder daughter to become a pharmacist but she she did bs you know what you call that biochemistry she did it from ucsd then she was doing msc then she got married in between she wanted to get married that was her choice i i told her not to get married so soon you're mm. very young you're only 25 and a half get married at the age of 28 29 why you are getting married but she was ready i was not ready because i knew what's going to happen after marriage so after mar- after 2 years of marriage she came to me this is it this is not a settlement i said who told you marriage is a settlement <laughs> <laughs> i said it's better to you should have a, your own career like settlement like your own where you want to be then after she studied after her marriage she complete her mba now she is in very good position she said you have to have your own things you have to have self respect now she says that now she understood after mm. after wow. that she understood she said now you have to have your self respect i was i'm always very liberal my younger daughter she is not ready for right now marriage it's okay whenever she's ready she's ready so she was home during covid she came after 10 years she was studying she was doing job i never force her to come back to home this time i forced her because of covid and after her vaccination she said no more i want to move out i said it's up to you and now she moved back to la she's happy she comes every second week or i go it worked out it's working out she's okay she has very good like she helped me in few things sure no that's good that's good and and, and the- with my kids my all three kids that's great that's great 
Do you do you think from the outside looking in now, because uh, you're definitely American, you're Indian American now, from the outside looking in, do you think the cultural shift, especially psychologically, when it comes to the way that society views, views women in India and also some other parts of the world, do you think that's ever going to change? Or, or what has to happen for that to change? Because there's so many independent, strong women like you in India, but because of the way things are, their, their shine is dulled, right? Their light is dulled because of, 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 of culture. So what do you think has to happen for that to change? And do you even think it, would, it could ever happen? You know, old beliefs. Old beliefs. We have, yeah, we have to get rid of our old beliefs, which are not practically implement right now. We need to implement in our life because time is changing. It's too fast. Now, I see there's so much pressure on kids already in their career, their workplace, everywhere. I see my kids. There's so much pressure. So with that, how I can implement other things? Get married, do this, do that. How can I do that? Old beliefs, which are okay, but for us, it's not applicable right now. No. Maybe for my mother, it was okay. For my grandparents, it was okay. But not for me. Their beliefs are not for me. Right. I mean, especially yeah. 2021. <laughs> so I released so many old beliefs. I'm okay, okay with that. It's not that I'm arrogant or I'm very selfish. No. It's not about that. It's about like, you're loving what you're doing. What is your passion? You know, you have to, this life come once. You have to nurture yourself too. What is the harm in that? I don't see any harm in that. I, I, although I'm helping more to other people, rather if I'm suppressed, I'm frustrated, I'm depressed, how I can help others? I can't. But the other things, if I'm happy, I'm joyful, so I can help others more. I can work more. So old yes. beliefs impacted you while growing. And even, you know, parents, they give you a lot of many types of anxiety because they go through so many anxiety. At that moment, they don't know how to process it. But mm. now you know how to process it with the spiritual, like spiritual things, your meditation and all those things. You can get rid of your these things. So you can pursue this path and it's really helpful. Very, very helpful. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And then, so let's move into uh, after you got married, you're working at the family business. Uh, so what happens? What what is the what happens for you to leave from from the from the business? So basically, two thousand one, we got our green card. My husband, he was very very excited. Even I was excited. I didn't know what that what green card is. Yeah, so, <laughs> very welcoming. Came to New York, so it was very nice. We had a very great time. We like we went all over to US almost. So it was good. So when we went back, so again, eighth month, my husband said, you have to go back to U.S. And I said, why? He said, you have to stamp it. It's an immigration to U.S. I said, what yeah. does that mean? He said, you're legally, you're going to stay there. I said, uh, how can I leave my home and go there? I'm not going to go there. I was not at all ready. So I just, my elder daughter, when she passed like high school there, she came here in San Diego. She got admission in UCSD. Then after two years, she came here then, my husband then the 10th grade in india in 10th grade there is a board exam so it's very hard very hard study 
10th grade is very hard i said this year i can't go no matter what i can't go i can't take kids with me because they can ruin their career like they can fail they can do anything he said okay then you move i said how can i move there he said you move there i'll come back i'll i'll come there so this is really wow. i followed him but he was not with me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know here whatever decision you take just make a stop here i never took that stop like S- so, sorry say that one more time whatever yeah. decision you make make a stop make a stop yeah stop like s full stop t take three breaths o then observe the situation p then process i never did that in my life i just followed everybody followed mm. my friend follow do this because my mind was tuned like that do this do this do this do this so i was doing 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 and i i i suffered my kids suffered because of it was their wish it was not my wish mm. it was not my kids wish it was their wish it's okay their wish was okay but it was us to decide whether we do it or not at that right. moment my mind was not tuned that say i say, i could say no i never learned to say no i'm not going to do it i said okay okay and that okay okay <laughs> gave me so much suffering mm. wow <laughs> but i learned so much from my suffering that's so powerful yeah wow okay so when you got here you said okay and you got here in 2001 <laughs> uh, 2007 2007 uh what was your mind state obviously you mentioned earlier that you you came by yourself your husband wasn't here so now it's you with your kids in a foreign country uh how, what was going through your mind at this point it was very very hard tell you the truth very very hard on me for with my kids also they went to school it was different school because first of all they were bookish in india too much books matters a lot but here they were on computer and there was you know right and wrong question answer in india there is you have to write essays type answers it's different right first number one is a study pattern was different so although i just went to the school i got help from the counselor i always visited to the counselor how to help my kids i always helped them so i bought computer i they were on the computer so they did they adopted well they adopted well. Although they, were, they were they didn't have friends that was a very bad part still my daughter she doesn't like to make many friends no still right. she isolate herself yeah. <laughs> she she is very good in work she has her own life but it's okay now what she is she is it's not her fault first of course but she so, survived that's survived. good yeah. that's good so you mentioned that your kids obviously their kids had a hard time adjusting which is to be expected in some cases how did you adjust how how, how did was, you feel it was very hard on me i was living in first of all very big house with drivers chef everybody was home like all my help five drivers when i left there two three people i think they were working at home like my and and to, and to be clear this is india you're referring to yeah india right? okay, uh, okay. i'm talking about india not us okay yeah <laughs> no, I, i wash my bathroom myself <laughs> no 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 so when i moved here it was it's all work i was 
just taking care of my kids driving through driving for like here and there it was very hard first 3 years and in my mind the after 3 years i'm going to go back i'm here only for their schooling when they'll be in the college i'm going to go back and i tried i tried many times to go back india so but there i was not accepted there i i think i left home it was not my fault i just say okay yes but everybody thought that i left it they blame me for that but why nobody asked me this nobody asked me this question like what what what, what you are thinking about this how you what do you, what do you want what i want and how you you are the first one who are asking me how you dealt with this nobody asked me this question in my family not wow. my sibling no one i was just going through everything by myself and nobody was there so i made my decision my kids helped me they made their own decisions so with the god grace it worked out that's what happened and and when so what did you learn from that experience because that's such a powerful experience for any body to go through and i can imagine how many realizations it gave you so can you kind of talk about just one or two things that going through that experience by yourself just you and your kids what that made you realize about life about family about anything how what did that teach you i only think that you never look back whatever you left left never look back it i wasted few years because of that i looked back my house is there business is there although husband is there was he was there too but nothing was there actually mm wow my husband he's not getting anything from there he's coming empty handed right now so why we spent 14 years alone he he was there i was here so we i i think that i wasted so many years if i made up my mind before no this is my country i already moved here i have to work i have to do things i have to survive that would have been better right yes and i love that you just said that because it's something that a lot of us deal with on a daily basis and that's attachment a long time ago i read the quote i forgot who it was by but it goes attachment is one of the biggest causes of human suffering and when this happened when i saw this quote i didn't really understand what it meant i was younger at the time and as i got older and learned a lot about myself about the world i realized what that quote really meant and i think you just touched on it and so for, my question to you is what advice would you give to people who are holding on to things the past past relationships um whatever it is past opportunities there's so many examples of how we do this on a daily basis and how holding on to that memory is causing us suffering yes like you said you spent a few extra years um suffering and not moving on because you were holding on to the past so what advice would you give to somebody that just hears you say that and says oh my goodness she's so right that's what i'm doing right now how do i let go what would you say to them see you cannot buy past you have to release it without any attachment whether it's a good or bad whatever attachment you have maybe result is good or bad no attachment at all so it's it's a process releasing or you journaling 
you have to write down it's a beautiful i when i start writing affirmation and start journaling myself that was beautiful way out beautiful tool to release things and you have you can talk to your friends you can talk to and openly you have to make decisions whatever it is and you have to be you know whatever decision you make you have to follow that decision you have to be i always use two f in my life firm and focus mm, firm and focus i always use these two words on me sometimes i go you know mind works thought sure work. so you go here and there so i just i just feel myself i have to be i i took this decision i have to be firm on that and have to focus it's only the you know goal whatever path comes it gives you obstacles obviously it gives you pain obviously but after goal is that you have to just focus on the goal just whatever is coming on the way it will pass that's it yeah that's beautiful that's yeah. beautiful thank you for sharing that uh all right so back to 2007 you're here by yourself with the kids obviously you're you're trying your best to get situated there in school what are you thinking as far as career wise because you had a complete career back in india now you're in the states uh you know yes yeah, sorry i took accounts classes then i did my own business i was doing running you know clothing business this was in the, in, the, in the states here yeah okay. i was getting clothes from india and selling here because i was okay. always in my mind is always work in business so i have to do something for myself so i sure. start so this is how i made so many friends here because of my own business this still my good friends they know me from last so many years yeah. so you know uh, i start selling clothes i start doing exhibitions because i have to do something and sure. this plus this uh, my meditation and this simultaneous these things were always with me always always my whatever ritual whatever you say mm. always with me so this is how i survived ha uh, main business i i was waking up at night and just talking to my employees what they are doing how they are doing but there was no meaning now i see mm. there was no meaning at all i i waste, that's why i told you i wasted my years mm. so if i would have done better right okay, right but no regrets wherever i am i'm okay with that that's good that's good and i love that you said that there was no meaning that's so powerful yeah. and a lot of us live life with no meaning yes. you know we we sorry you want to you want to say something go ahead no once you realize that when i realize that what i'm doing it's not for me it's not me the moment i decided that my life changed totally changed i just then i said this is my country i'm going to work here i'm going to survive here you know universe send you so many channels the things start working then things mm. start working for you it takes time it's okay it takes pain it's okay you have to work hard for it few times it's okay right you're right. ready for it it's okay but don't wait and, for time i won't advise that of course of course and i'm curious how did you wake up and realize what i'm doing right now there's no meaning because a lot of like i said earlier a lot of us a lot of people we're born into this world where we're taught you know we just work right you go to school you work and that's it you're here to to go to school and work and get married and that's it and have kids it doesn't leave any room for 
well, you can still work, but have meaning in your work. Don't be going to work just to go to work. So how did you find your meaning? My daughter got married. We spent so much money on that. That was also not the right decision. Whatever happened, it's okay. I have no regrets about that. Whatever happened, it's happened. So, you know, after that, we were a little tight. And there was my husband and I got lost that alignment. Because he was there, I was here. So there is less talk, less alignment. So I was there, but he comes home late. If I'm there, no value for me. Then I was, I think maybe I was going through some depression kind. I don't know. I never went to any therapist or doctor. But uh, I was not feeling good. My next door friend came to me. I said, why don't you go for this workshop? Heal your life. I said, okay. She said, okay, you will stay in the hotel. I said, I never stayed in the hotel alone. How I can go there? So then she called her that lady. She said, oh, she welcome. She can stay with me at my place. I said, okay, I'll stay with her. Then her husband came. She made dinner for me. And beautifully, she she gave me so much love. I can't forget that lady. And she is also my mentor, one of the mentors, Babu Gil. Then she gave me so much love. She, You know, she was touching me. And I was doing like this. I was going away from her. She said, you're not taking love even. You're not taking hug. What happened to you? I was so off. And one guy, came, there was like 40 people in that workshop. And one guy came to me next morning. He said, you know how your face looks? I was listening to him. I said, yes, tell me. He said, it's like you're dying every moment. You're, you look so frustrated. You look so off. And that workshop changed my life. And one more thing. My daughter took me to the Bikram Yoga. And there was all mirrors around there, you know. Then I was doing yoga. I could not bend anything. My body. Yeah. <laughs> too tight because of stress. I gained so much weight. Then I saw myself in the mirror. I said, what I have done to me. It's yeah. not me. I don't want to live my life like this. These two things. That workshop and that mirror that yoga class sure then i then i said i better take care of myself it's not me i'm i have to change my lifestyle i have to do things then it's i start working on me particularly mm. on me that helped me a lot still my kids are with me still everything is going on my husband is there we are having business we are doing business we are doing everything but still it's i, I have time for myself I just took care of myself. That and and I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, please go. No, I was gonna say, and and that statement right there is one of the issues. Another one of the issues that we deal with in Western society and in other types, in other societies as well, which is we don't really leave room for ourselves. You know, we get so focused on other people. Um, our families, our husbands, our wives, our kids, our parents. And it's really rare that we remember the importance of taking care of ourselves. Because one of the best ways to help other people and be efficient at helping other people is to take care of ourselves first. Right? So, I'm not kind on myself. I was never loved myself. I was never self compassion, you know, for myself. I criticize myself. I put pressure on myself. So then I start getting kind on me, self-compassion for myself, love for myself. Now I give more love to others. 
I had become so irritated. I was always in fighting mood. I was always angry. Now, now there is no anger because there is no need. When you start loving yourself, see which thing you don't have for yourself. How can you give to others? Mm. If you don't have love for yourself, how you can have give to others? You don't know what love is because you are not loving yourself. So how you can give to others? First, you love yourself, then you can give to others. If I don't have money, how can I give to others? The same way. Oh, that's, that's what beautiful. happened in my. That's what happened in my life. That's what happened with me. Hmm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And how did the workshop? Because you you said it was the beginning of something beautiful for you. So how did the workshop? And you, you can just mention one or two ways or, you know, however many ways you want to mention. But how did that really affect your life? Because you said that was a turning point. That was turning point because there was some exercises. Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And there was one beautiful exercise, some small finger exercise. There were seven people standing there. You have to say is your father, mother, friends and that exercise. That was really beautiful. That process a lot. Whatever was inside me, it was, you know, before 40 people, right? So I was not afraid of hiding anything in front of those 40 people. Whatever mm-hmm. was in me, I just took it out. I went it out. Before that, I never went it out. And she told me that, Babu, will do this exercise, do this. That will help you. And that really helped me. After that, I start making decisions. It's not I, I did harm to anybody else. I love myself. I did whatever good for me. Making my own space. That's it. No, that's good. That's good. And that I still make list for grocery. I still make everything, but I write what Renu needs, what I need. I have to buy those things also. That's right. It's just adding one or two more things. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And then earlier you were talking about how what you were doing there was no purpose or value behind it so when you realized that what did you change to as far as your career or business see first of all i settled myself in airbnb and because there was no money coming from india and no no help from my husband because it was not his fault i won't say his fault because business was not doing good so he he could not send money so then I start doing Airbnb from my own house, first of all. So I was sharing rooms with, uh, you know, then I start renting rooms. What to do? My kids, they were not home because they were in the college. So I was alone here. So I start doing it. Was, my house was like, a, you know, a working girl's house. So I was one of the roommates. But, you know, that was very good experience, tell you the truth. I have a like five bedroom house. So four bedroom I used to rent. Mm-hmm. So they, they, these girls, they, they were like my family. I had a great time with them. They still meet me. Auntie, 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 they still talk to me. They're still on my Facebook and they still WhatsApp me. So they're still touch in touch with me. So they had, and I see them growing from my house. Somebody got married, somebody got promotion, somebody got better, you know, a master's. So I, I feel so good about them. Mm. So they came to this house and after this house, they went ahead. So they become part of my journey. Sure. So I was alone here, my birthday. They brought cake. They took me out. They brought flowers. So what else you need in your life? Somebody to take, like, 
pamper you and they did right so that that's how it become my life so this no, is why something then the other things are coming in my life i was just embracing them and go, moving forward that's what i'm doing i never right. look the i told you just when i stop looking back whatever was coming in my way i was just doing it with the flow super everything was so beautiful all memories are beautiful that's good that's good and at what point in your journey did you start getting into self development self development you're talking about like self care like self care um you know obviously you mentioned that you uh you mentioned that you got invited to or you know um where it was suggested to you to to try yoga and the first yeah. time you did it right uh, obviously you weren't flexible so I, it sounds like this this is around the time where you started becoming more spiritual or more conscious or doing more self care so that that's in essence that's my question to you is is when did you kind of start getting into this around what year did you start getting into self development and yoga and meditation 2014 2014 okay when my daughter got married and i just start doing after that only basically but i just 2014 then after that i never looked back for any then i ongoing i did courses and i went i got into more over more meditation more affirmations and it start working i see it start, my son he was in hospital for 11 days so what to do my husband was not here no kid no other kid i was by myself so police took him to that hospital he said i need psychiatric help so that was shock to my daughter actually her baby shower was there and he was calling me calling me calling me i said what's going on what happened to him then i drove 3 in the morning from her house i reached he was we were we were renting apartment in pomona i rented this house I got money from here, so I rent apartment there because he was in Pomona University, Cal State yeah. Pomona. So I stayed with him because I I don't want to leave him alone there. So I just went for one week to my daughter house to for her bride or baby shower. Then I said he is not feeling good. I have to go back. In the morning, three o'clock, I just drove back to Pomona. I came back home and he was not there in the apartment. I said we yeah. this uh, start searching what he is doing. So he was studying and he was working in UPS. I don't I don't know where he is working where is his car what he is doing so I got call like 9:30 10 I said he said mom where are you I said I'm back where are you he said I am in this this is hospital you come and meet me 6 o'clock I said okay then I search where is that hospital I immediately went there then I could not meet him because there was no time they said you have to come in the evening then I saw it's like psychiatric hospital so that was shock of my life then i came back home then i called my other daughter then she came after 2 3 days and i start crying i don't know what to do because he then in the evening i met him i said what happened he said i told he said i told them hr people they call the police and they i told them i want to go to the psychiatric help maybe he was he was going through something in his mind so that was changing point day by day day by day day by day Mm-hmm. It went eleven days. Then I went for outpatient therapy there for one month. I went to the school. We paid the fees. I said, "Can you give that concession to for the next semester?" And they gave for the next semester. Then all of sudden, I have to go back to India. I left him like that. That was the worst thing I did. 
for three weeks I went to India and he got worst. Mm. He dropped out. I said, okay, just drop out. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Go back home. He left everything there. Only he got the car and few stuff. When I came, my sister, uh, daughter, she brought him here. She brought him back to San Diego. When I came back, he was in very bad position. Then one of my friends, she's a doctor, she helped him. She said, take him to the psychiatrist. This is how we started his journey. Then medications, then all. Then I never left him alone. He, he, okay. started, he tried to do two times suicide also. So then after that, mm. I never left him alone. And to be clear, what was your son diagnosed with? Bipolar. Bipolar disorder. Okay. And why do you think there's such a huge stigma on mental health disorders, even the the mild ones, because they're you know there's different types, right? But here, bipolar disorder is not it's not even considered as serious as the other ones could possibly be. So why do you think there's such a huge stigma in other countries, in some other countries, and especially India, regarding mental health disorders? See, I have no idea. My father-in-law, he suffered from, uh, you know, what you call a depression. So once I went with my mother-in-law to the psychiatrist because he was taking medication, so he asked about the history. He was a new doctor, actually. She hired a new doctor. So I was just going out of the room. She said, no, you stay with me. And she started explaining her story. And that was really shocking for me. Like, she went through so much. And she never talked about this. And she suffered mm. a lot. I was amazed to listen to my mother-in-law. So how she hide everything from the people. How she's working with this type of personality. It's so hard. So he was, she was always looking at the time. He's coming, I have to give him food. He's coming, I have to give her, give him this. Mm. Always like her watch, and she used to call my father-in-law Sethi, Sethi Sai, Sahib. So I, my, we used to make joke. Why you are just always Sethi Sahib? Instead of pray to God, you will meet God more faster than Sethi Sahib. Right. <laughs> so much Sethi. But when she just explain her story then i came to know how much she suffered so then i that's helped for me not to suffer then i i was in this country so i joined the group dbsa nami i took 12 classes from nami and dbsa still i do every week i take those group like zoom now we are doing zoom before it was one one they become my family and they help me a lot. Even I ask my siblings to come and join me for this course and this class, what I'm going through. They refused. I don't know why people they have in their mind if you have a mental illness, you are something different. If you have a diabetes, if you have a heart attack, so people will come and meet you and they say, how you're feeling? This is how they need love. They need attention. They need more, they're more sensitive than other people. They need too much love, acceptance. They see mm. every people's face, oh, we are accepted or not. So they need acceptance in this society. In India, it's not. There is. I can't, in India, I can't even, you know, say to people, my son is suffering from bipolar. They don't, they don't know even what bipolar is. Mm. 
so i don't know how to deal with it so i just that was one of the reason i moved here because he has his life here he's independent he completed his study he was dropout then he did online he did uh, major in business he graduated so he has his own life here better life in india it's very hard i talked to doctor even i i talked two three doctor there they said why you came back go back mm, really they said okay medication i can provide but this type of facility there is there is nothing in india like group support group or these types of things he said you won't find these types of things in india he is much better there far much better there because he will have his life so even the doctors know even they realize it because stigma it's a very if you're going to the psychiatrist that's a big you can't even say i'm going to the psychiatrist i'm in therapy you can't even say that in india wow i'm meeting psychologist oh why there is a big question mark no people they hide these things my mother no she hide all those things for so many years she only open up in front of me even her i think kids they were in denial rest of the kids they don't know what their father going through they were blaming him but they don't know what was his disease i knew it through my mother in law okay she gave me her confidence and that helped me to treat my son that really helped me to treat him i say same line that my mother in law said to my father in law used to say and he 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 always follows me that yeah <laughs> that was the you know few things i say oh she used to say these line i better say these words to him and he always does and so you, i love that you said that um your mother in law when she was telling you all these things that's when you realized how much she was holding in yes and didn't share and it's interesting that you say that because when you said that the next thing i thought about was you because you became your mother in law not because you wanted to but because there were so many things when you talk about india and how you felt unheard and how a lot of the women feel the same way and how you were doing so much but yet you didn't give you any power even with the business and you also talked about how most of your life you were just saying okay 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 it's clear that there were so many things that was inside that you were holding in that you didn't really have anybody to share with right so how did you, i guess the question is what what would you say to women that are in that situation right now who are trying to find their voice but when they look around there's really nobody that they feel like they have i first i advise them to go to some therapist or some spiritual leader to okay. get the help if they need clinical help they should go for clinical help it always helpful sometimes you you don't even need medication you just need to vent it out mm-hmm. and people they don't know where to go to vent it out even sp- like now i do all this heal your life workshop i am holding all these sessions and everything i give people to vent them out because they they need to do that you have to give them that confidence they can open up it's very very essential you know we take care of our body we eat organic food we do movement like exercise everything but what are we are doing about our emotions mm. thing we are just holding it we need to release our emotions 
no matter what so or you go to some like i did my workshops and still i'm doing taking my sessions like one on one or in groups go to these places whatever wherever you feel good wherever you feel you went it out don't suppress yourself just say it it's okay and there are some tools i used to do that in my car i closed the window i used to yell i was so frustrated sometimes i have nobody to talk i just used to yell just close my windows in the car and i used to yell wait wow. wait i i did that because there was so much so <laughs> you need to release these things emotions yeah they give you all kinds of disease diseases in your body keep in mind all stress this is giving you disease not your organic food or the other diet is not giving you that kind of things your emotion giving you everything your this thought process giving you all these things that's why i love this path it's so much release in this path and meditation gives you so much calmness so much clarity you feel so happy about it and i'm glad that you just even brought up meditation again because it's something that we can all <laughs> use in our lives and i actually want to talk to you about that i want to talk to you about three things i want to talk to you about meditation i want to talk to you about yoga and i want to talk to you about affirmations and what i want to talk to you about are the benefits of all those things because i'm sure these obviously these are things that you you've done over the years that i've done that helps a lot of people so can you please uh we'll start with meditation can you please talk about why you feel like meditation is important you know meditation gives you physical and psychological both ways helpful like physically if your blood pressure is high you have diabetes you have high you know some people they they have palpitation heartbeat they become faster or these kinds of things so it become you know slow you calm down and psychological you release your stress you release your you know the thought process you know where to change your thoughts because first of all you have to have clarity of your mind and meditation gives you clarity of mind that is very very essential when you are not aware of your consciousness when you are not aware of yourself how you can get involved you will always in the melodramas in this environment you are always jumping in everybody's life or other person is jumping in your life or you jumping or they are jumping so you have to then you start making boundaries you start doing these things it's not like politely and lovingly because you need your own space you need to have this emotional if you have baggage you need to release that and meditation help you lot to do this stress there are you know three kinds of stress one is acute like somebody died like business problem job if you just like job is gone so many things happen all of sudden that gives you acute stress with that stress we are humans we get used to it somebody died in the family within 6 months 1 year 2 year we start getting used to we are in the grief for some time but still we come out of it slowly slowly then other stress is you know you get it like chronic why you keep this pencil like this today i have teen different cup today i slept in the other side of the bed any change any acceptance in your life which gives you stress any small small change 
house change somebody come to your house you are going somewhere even good things happening in your life yeah, if you are getting married or graduation is coming up it's a, such a beautiful feeling but still you are stressed because what come after that so this stress accumulate every day he saw me like this this is this the guy told me like this grocery store red lights freeway traffic this stress gives you 80 90% diseases in your life that is called chronic stress you build up every day so this stress needs to be released every night or every morning so that is meditation help you to release this chronic stress we which we accumulate for so many years in us and third one is u stress eu that stress is like uh, i can do it it's easy i can do it very powerful ceos these things hyperactives they think their mind is so processed they can mm. do whatever they want and all of a sudden they are stroke all of a sudden they collapsed they are doing they are having like exercise every day they are having good food but they are so tight with their emotions they are so empowered like like this they are so straight they are not flexible at all so these all stresses give you all diseases and meditation right. help you to little calm down little calm more you know in west country western country it came as a stress management before they launch as a stress management it's a like alter it's not a alternate with medication it helps meditation also if you have a pain if you do meditation you feel less pain so maybe you get rid of one pain killer in one day maybe you are having four pain killer if you reduce one so what is the harm are you losing anything we don't lose anything with the meditation although we gain right so little little things day by day you gain you don't lose anything so that's such know, a no sorry i was just going to say that's such a really beautiful way to explain it i've never heard it broken down that way before <laughs> so and even you know telomerase enzyme we have in our body that is anti aging enzyme so with the meditation you can increase that in enzyme and you look younger you look better and one of the good story i want to share with you i went to my one of my friend house she said today i bought this you know this supplement i said what is this she, she said telomerase enzyme i said you're having this you're eating this she said yes i said how much is this bottle for she is 100 dollars 30 capsule for 100 dollars she is having one capsule every day for 3 dollars and with meditation you can have it for free yeah <laughs> so you know it's so many benefits it's you no know, it, it does it does thank you for that amazing explanation um the next one is going to be yoga so yoga has obviously so many different benefits and uh for some reason it's something that so many people just don't do and i've seen this time and time and time again even with people that do get into yoga they do it for like a few days and i've been guilty of this in the past you do it for a few days or a few weeks and then you stop and you try to get back on the bandwagon again and you stop so can you just like you just talked about meditation can you talk about some of the benefits that you've seen uh with yoga see basically 
actual yoga is it's very spiritual thing it connects to yourself it's not about like poses right not it's not about like you're flexible you bend around this and that like you stand on the head or you doing these things people they do it it's okay but actual yoga is very spiritual if you do like pranayam if you do breath work that connects to yourself and after that breath work if you do meditation you really connect to yourself it's very spiritual every pose every you know position all breath work even during covid there are certain breath work if you do more your lungs you get more capacity of oxygen so there is, it's a beautiful thing in your life if you don't do one hour don't do th- even 30 minutes just at least start with the 10 10 minutes just start with the breath work just adopt two breath work just take baby steps then you feel the difference then start make more decisions you know some people they do oh i have been to yoga for one hour there's no need yeah <laughs> at least you start with 10 minutes just have if see this is the you have to relate your feeling with it with your mind and with your soul with connection with your mind and soul not bodily you're doing if you're doing it like outer so it, uh, you're going to yoga class having buying a like 50 dollar you know yoga mat wearing yoga pants and just up to date and after one hour you come back and 10 days you're not going it so no just adopt it beautifully and take baby steps for it and get a feel of it main is you have to have feel of it with your soul connect with it then you feel the difference that is the main criteria of the yoga it's not you are doing it has so many benefits endless we can't even yeah. talk about like it's so much no i agree i agree and uh lastly affirmations affirmations are, are very very powerful uh i i practiced them in a, in the past and um it's something i always recommend to people uh, the thing with affirmations is you have to for the most part believe what you're saying you know if you're a let's say you're trying to become a better father for example and you really want to put in the work and effort and you start writing affirmations about becoming a better father and you, let's just say your one of your affirmations is I want to become a better father to my kids. But if you don't really believe that, you know, reading that affirmation every day is not going to help you become a better father. So you have to it's something you have to internalize with affirmations and it's something that a lot of people sometimes don't know how to do. Yes. So do you have any advice with affirmations and can you just kind of share any of your experiences with affirmations? Just said one line, I want to become a good father. So be I am. I am. I am, yeah. <laughs> It has to be personal. Yeah. Positive and present. Three Ps. Love that. Personal, positive and present. Yes, I am. So some people they write I am not sick. You're using two words, not sick. Instead of that just write down I have an energetic body. Mm. So you you have to choose the words you know universe listen all negative is always powerful keep in mind negativity catch faster than the positivity always 
so whatever you are saying to universe universe is listening not also sick also if you say i have energetic healthy body so universe is listening all positive words so past we don't know future i become a good father maybe 10 years 15 years you don't know i am a good father i mm. am a good mother if but you and even you can't affirmation for you can't do for others like if you want to do for your father your maybe your whatever maybe your friend you can't do ha huh, you can say this type i can see they are happy and i am happy with it it's not that you are affirming for other people no you can't take charge of anybody's journey they have their own journey they have to do themselves ha huh? you can just only help them this i can see them they are happy whatever you want to see them just visualize and just write down in the present tense that is very essential there are so many things there are like eight nine things you have to say you have when you're affirming you have to be very very particular about those things because universe listen to those things and outlining people they do outlining do you understand what outlining is no please share so you know if i do prayers i i was in like i'm in my room prayer room i say to god like whatever i want to say then i come out of the room then i start planning about it do do this do this so what happened to that prayer i didn't trust the god at the moment because i'm doing all outlining i'm planning for it so we go to the restaurant we order to the chef do we go to the kitchen and see how he's making right. <laughs> have glass of wine or having chit chat and enjoying our that portion that moment that 15 minutes 20 minutes when the food come we really appreciate it this is how you have to trust the cosmic kitchen universe this mm, i like that the cosmic kitchen i like you that to, you have to trust it right moment right time it will come to you and and what you're what you're talking about is faith having faith yeah yes faith trust this is called like trust you have to trust the universe if we uh, i i don't trust the or whatever path you have taken just i i told you before also goal i have this thing if you want a good car you have to be very very precise particular name the name of the car name of the color name of the brand just write down everything in detail what do you want it's okay if you want like materialistic things everybody has desires everybody wants to have luxury life we are born to enjoy our life right so why not if i want to have a good car so i can write down right so so just write down the color name everything like you have to be precise like you have to be like in detail then universe and just just leave it and just trust the universe ha huh, you can write as many times you want and there is no limit there is no limitation if i have written like five i can't write you can write whatever you want it's okay hmm. no that's good that's good that's good and for people that might say well i don't believe in universal laws or energy i can't see anything how do i know this is really working what do you what would you say to that it worked for me so hmm. i'm here <laughs> it was yeah. yeah. i was no money at all you know 
it's a beautiful story you know my parents inherit us one small portion of their property to all our three sisters as i told you like boys are the main they are the owner of everything but mm-hmm. our parents have so they got the whole house everything so we three sister got the like very little tiny tiny things so that wow. money is supposed to come to us so i was in very i was in crunch of money very tight so i was writing every day money is coming from my parents house money is coming from my parents house after 17 years it got sold it took them 17 years to sell mm. that house and i was in such a bad shape at that moment i got that money wow during that phase i got that money during that phase i got That's that powerful. that you know that uh, house that they sold it my brother sold it that house mm-hmm. and they gave us the whatever portion to all three sisters mm. whatever our parents they have decided it's them but that helped me that money helped me so much so i got the right time i needed that money at that moment so things are sure things no absolutely no you're right and there's something i want to bring up which i noticed like over the course of our conversation you say a lot it's okay it's okay it's okay and that's very beautiful for me because it shows like underneath it shows a lot of strength and power in the fact that you're not holding on to the past how how did you get there is do you feel like it's something that you've always had as far as moving on and not looking back and i'll let you start with that and my follow up question I'll, and i can ask you this again my follow up question is for people that don't know how to let go where for them it's it's not okay it's not okay it's not okay how do they get to the point of realizing you can let it go you can look forward never look back and keep going so it's a full fledged course six yeah. session course they have to go through this they have yeah to, they have to process everything each and every their inner child their relationship actually sorry no no i don't mean to cut you off but before you start can you talk about you and do you feel like it's something you've always had inside you yes i had it forgiveness first of all i forgave myself because i was not taking care of myself i was not kind on me i was criticizing each and every moment so first of all i forgive myself then i forgive others it's very hard to forgive yourself because you have so much guilt sometimes because i when i started doing this all this spiritual work i start making time for myself so as a mother i sometimes i found myself guilty also because i was only with oh my kids my husband my house my house this 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 then i moved a little bit ahead for myself so first of all i got little bit guilt guilt for that because i was even my mind was not used to it na so i have to train my own things so i have to get rid of my own guilt i forgive myself then i forgive others it was not their fault at that because of their own knowledge they did to me so i have to forgive them first then i have to come out of this prison we are always in the cage other person has to come to me first why me they did so much hard on me i was just a small girl why they did to me like i said women are not therefore granted in india because their old beliefs it's not their fault they are also trained like this 
So just forgive your parents, your ancestors, because they don't know how to process. Now we know how to process. So this is how you slowly, slowly proceed. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. It helps a lot. You feel free. Yeah. You feel light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it's I love that you talk about that because forgiveness because it's something that I always tell people too, especially when it comes to psychology and therapy. And I, I talk about radical acceptance. And it's when you realize that I don't have to feel like I'm forgiving this person for me to move on. Because for example, for, for someone, let's just say that's been through sexual abuse. Let's say somebody was sexually abused by their father, for example, and society expects them to forgive for them to move on. We've been taught to think the only way you can move on is to forgive. If you don't forgive, you never be able to move on. And while what I always like to say is, depending on your own circumstance, you can you can get to a place where you forgive yourself, right? You're at peace, and you realize you did this thing to me. I'm never I'm never gonna forget, but but for my sake, for my future, I'm going to move on. It doesn't mean I have to forgive you. Um, maybe I do forgive you, but for my sake, I'm doing this for me, right? And so it's it, what you just said just reminded me about that, the importance of for, forgiving yourself. It is very, yeah. very important until unless you don't forgive yourself and others, you can't move on. Yeah. It's very hard to move on because you're always in resistance. You have to come out your own resistance first. Sure. Think sure. all the time. You are no, it's true. You're holding all these things. Yeah. It's true. And it's what are some of the things that actually come up in your workshop that you teach? Uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed that people generally are dealing with that they need to work on? Forgiveness, we call it tissue paper workshop. They, they need box of because they cry a lot. Forgiveness and inner child. It's a beautiful workshop, inner child. Because when we grow up, our parents say, do this, do this, do this. And that finger is always till death in our head. So we have to release that finger. Wow. <laughs> I like that. No, I like that. It's, it's, it's something we don't think about often, how our upbringing kind of shape, shapes us as adults. You know, we, we spend more time in our lives being adults than we do being kids. But it's interesting how the things we go through as kids carry through our entire lives. It's always you know. in your back of your mind. I still yeah. remember my mother used to do this. Oh, I have to. No, this is old belief. I have to release this. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's not working right now. I have to move forward. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And then what is your what is your hope for the future when it comes to um, the Indian community, when it comes to Indian Americans, when it comes to even your kids and your business? What is your general hope for the future? Well, we can start with. I, I think that your your upbringing really uh, affected you, not not necessarily in a bad way, but it made you who you are today or it contributed to who you are today so for a lot of young women um growing up in india right now what would you say is your is your message to them um women that find themselves in a position that you found themselves found yourself in 
what is your hope? What would, what is your message to them? I always say that self love is very essential. Don't forget yourself. Whatever is happening in your life, don't forget yourself. Like you have a very beautiful soul inside. Always connect to that. Always being in awareness and always connect to your and listen to your inner voice. It's very very essential to listen to your inner voice and work on it. Love it. That's beautiful. And then, secondly, you mentioned earlier that you feel like a lot of uh, some people in the Indian community uh, tend to hide their children if they have a disorder, or maybe it's the person that has a disorder hiding it themselves uh, because they feel like they can't be open. So, uh, my second question to you is: What is your message to them? Whether it's a parent, a mother, or a father, or a brother, or a sister, or whoever hiding their own disabilities or hiding their children's disabilities because they feel shame what is your message to them they have to come out of this belief you know shame system and stigma because there is so much help if they come out they move come forward there is so much help there is so much helping hand for them which can hold them and they are losing that thing they have to come forward for it it's okay there are so much things are going around if they are in the shell how they can get help people they don't know about it if you tell them you have to say it right you have to explain to yourself there is no shame in it there is no stigma if i have thyroid i take medication every day i say oh i take medication every day so what is the harm so they have to come out of it they have to come forward for it i really encourage all the communities whoever is in the stigma please come out there is so much help so much people like you you know they said out of 10 there are seven people around you they are suffering from these things nowadays because of so much stress around you so they need help you don't know some people they don't know even their disease they don't know they are suffering even so you have to come out of it you have to move forward there's so much help there's so much medications there's so much therapies there's so many things in advance and everybody can live their own life and happily there are opportunities even those people they have mental illness they can live their life beautifully why they need to suffer because you you want to just hide them right they have a right to live their life right because they can't do by themselves they need little support so you you are a finger you know just a finger to pull them out and just give them the path and they can move sure they, sure because they need support at that moment they need support so you have to understand it and just come out of it with your own stigma you're suppressing even soul also which needs help if you no. give them help they can live their life so beautifully well said Yeah. Well said. Um and I'm going to ask you a, a different type of question and it's going to be about your daughters because before we started the podcast you were talking about how all your how amazingly proud you are of your daughters and their accomplishments. So my question to you is what is your message for for your daughters as a proud mother of uh, seeing everything they've accomplished, seeing how strong they are, how independent they are, how smart they are. um what is what, what would you say to them if if they listen to this i feel they are reflection of me because whatever i wanted to do in my life they have done it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's my good my daughter she studied in usc i just went to just 
I used to go to their her. It's so beautiful architecture. I said, "Oh, it's my. It was my wish to come and study, and you're doing yeah. it." <laughs> so I see from their eyes. I see the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I, and I, I love it. That's really. Yeah, I'm that's, really proud of them. Yeah, I'm really proud of them. They're my angels. That's good. I can only imagine what it feels like to see your children, especially being a woman, right? So seeing your daughters. Uh, live out the life that you knew that you're capable of and you knew that they're capable of. Um, how, do, how did it feel just seeing that? How does it feel now? And how did it feel a couple of years ago? Because I'm sure it had to make you really proud. Yeah, we had a, like, I told you, we suffered a lot for a few things, but we come out with this beautiful, you know, whatever is coming to my daughter, it's so beautiful. So I really feel it's okay if you suffered a little bit, but result is good. It's okay. Yeah. It's always okay. Just accept the whatever path is coming to you. Just accept it, and it it everything goes good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And then lastly, can I know you touched on this a little bit uh, in the beginning, but can you just briefly again talk about, or take as much time as you need? It doesn't have to be brief. Talk about your business. Again, and then I also like to talk about how people can find you and contact you if they wanted to to contact you. Like uh, your my, your your yeah. business, like your workshop, and like what workshop, you do. You can contact me through my phone number or my. They can email me connect at renuciti.com. My website is renuciti.com, so they can connect me through my email or my phone number. That's okay. It. Yeah. Okay, I'm perfect. Do, uh, launching my workshop from following month, like from November onwards. So I do Facebook. I do once a month free guided meditation. Even I have my own meetup group. There are three hundred twenty-seven people sign up. So I'm doing once a month that meetup also. So it's, okay, it's going really well. Yeah. Okay, really perfect. Fun. Yeah. And then, um, can you talk about what type of clients that you accept? So the ideal client for you, people that are listening to, so they know. You know if they're a good fit above 18 anybody welcome because for the uh, kids i'm not trained for that so okay it's a little sometimes it's very sensitive topic okay so above 18 any age they're welcome corporate housewives anybody anybody okay i'm okay with okay and then you mentioned uh the the free um guided meditation workshops. What other things do you offer uh, that people can contact you for? I start going to libraries. I'm giving free workshop there. Not workshop, just meditation. I'm talk about meditation. So I'm doing once a month there too. I sign up for three libraries. Okay, great. One in Valley, one in Miramis, and one in Encinitas. Three libraries. Okay. And for someone that's looking for life coaching, is that something that you provide as well? Yes, I do life coaching. Yeah, I, That is one of one. So they can contact me. That's a beautiful, I'm doing from Deepak Chopra also and Heal Your Life, both. So I take both the tools. They're really helpful to the people. Okay. Whatever they want to become or whatever they're looking for in their life. Okay, sure. And then the Deepak Chopra style of coaching that you mentioned, uh, what can people expect from that? Because that's something that a lot of people are interested in. So can you just briefly talk about what they can expect? Basically, we we have a path of spirituality only. So we are not therapists. We are a spiritual leaders, like spiritual you can teach us. 
but the during this coaching period they know aware of what they have inside which was suppressed by a few years and still they have they can passionate they have passion inside and they can explore it and they can work on it and they can become successful at it so we can help them to explore what they have inside them okay whatever their like hobbies or their passion some people they are even lawyers but they don't want to become a lawyer because of the family pressure they become but they have their other things and so they can switch or they can do whatever they want in their life no, that's good that's good that's good um people like but through meditation through self care so many things there are so many tools there the whole package yeah <laughs> there is a purpose there is a meaning there is so many things shadow work there is so much work in that that's good that's yes. good all right well thank you again for for stopping by i love i have to be honest this is i'm not kidding this has been one of my favorite uh, podcasts thank you. um thank you so, no thank you i love to have you back we can discuss some other uh, some more other uh, great topics uh so again thank you rainy i really appreciate it Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste until next time. Thank you very much. Thanks uh, for hosting me. Thank you. Yes, please. Don't mention it. <laughs>